Dude, I with Bernie out and like just sort of a bleak Cormac McCarthy landscape ahead of us. <laughs> I, I'm I'm really in the way. So I did something that I thought I'd never do, which is I actually. Um, so I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. My uncle, uh, one of my Florida uncles, also from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, has a house literally a half mile away from mine. Uh, he's in Rio Vista. Um, he has been sort of like a longtime guy in politics, and so. Yeah, and so I actually, we're under quarantine, there's nothing to do, right? You just go crazy. So I actually did give him a call, and uh, I asked what, you know, we do, we do this little we'd show called Dumb and Awful, and we, we talk about politics, but, like, what politics is there to talk about right now? Like, what, what should we focus on? Uh, do you have any advice for me? And uh, so he actually was nice enough. I don't want to do this a lot. I want to go back to this well, but he was nice enough to record, uh, you know, a little bit of advice and, and send it to me. So I guess we'll go ahead and just play that now. This is a message uh, from my Florida uncle, Roger Stone. <laughs> this is a special message for Rob with a little bit of advice for your political talk show, Dumb and Awful. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to Joe Biden. He is the man who put the word Dem in dementia. Then of course there's his record in turbocharging the war on drugs and incarcerating more black people than anyone in America other than Bill and Hillary Clinton. And lastly, of course, we don't know that he even knows what day of the week it is. Frankly, I believe that it will be fairly easy to beat Joe Biden because just yesterday he wished every American Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you, Roger L. Try to do the family proud. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta say, not wrong about a lot of that. No, that's the hard part. Is like, holy shit, I'm just agreeing with Roger Stone. I, I didn't tell him to say any of that. I just asked him for advice, and that's what I received. He's out there this just the riffing from house arrest. This guy, all he does is win. <laughs> When pimps go to bed at night, they pray to Roger Stone. <laughs> he sent that to me at like 8.15 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> he hasn't had breakfast yet, and he's riffing. Uh, the the, thing the is, only bad thing about that is he recorded it with his shirt on, so I have no way of verifying. Don't, I don't get to see the Nixon tattoo while I'm watching that video. That's the only <laughs> thing I want. It's the only thing that would have took that over the top. Would have been nice if he said, hey, I'm Roger Stone at some point in the audio, but, you know, Roger Stone never lets you entirely win. That's like eighty percent of my friends group, and they would just be like, "Who's who's your weird racist uncle over there?" Be like, well, this racist uncle's actually a, a famous racist uncle <laughs> yeah. and political yeah. operative. <laughs> Next in line for the presidential Me medal of freedom, genuinely, <laughs> probably. Like nothing about how he looks or what he said would set him apart from like half of the people his age in Florida right now. At least he sort of has some understanding of like the political environment and history. Uh, someone in our chat today, uh, Vicky, right, mm -hmm. said that she was reading her feminist book club, like Facebook message group. I don't, I'm not on Facebook. I don't know how this stuff works uh, today. And there was a big to do because it turned out someone discovered that this uh, Joe Biden guy that they all liked had some issues with women in the past. <laughs> <laughs> like most people, God. most people are not even on the level of having takes. They're just like, oh, cool. When's the election? It's every four years, or is that the Olympics? Right, like no one. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, wait, who am I voting for? The the VP guy. I, I okay. Sure. It's why I'm a little skeptical of all this like immediate reaction post mortem. Like we we need to to go through every Bernie staffer and, and analyze their their performance based on what we now know. We don't know anything. Like the vast majority of Democratic primary voters literally don't even know that Biden like ever existed before the moment they saw him on MSNBC. Uh, so uh, any sort of analysis, eh. 
That's also why the media is so powerful. Take They're not paying attention. You tune in and they go, hey, this is who you're voting for. And you go, all right. All right. That works. That's Great. fine. Oh, I guess you already won. That's how they're saying it. Cool. It's just so funny to think of like everyone on the left right now just being like, maybe we miscalculated the mind of the voter. And it's just one big like uh, women and men <laughs> meme where it's just like, I wonder what the voter's thinking. And our speech bubble is <laughs> just moth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hate I hate the postmortem so fucking much. They're so dumb because it's like I, I no postmortem is going to be good for the Bernie campaign because all of them start with the idea that you could do something better to overcome the guy who didn't run a campaign at all. That's right. Like, and Bernie and Bernie like and Bernie supporters are generally going to be more in tune with what's going on with the media. They're going to be paying more attention, so yeah. they're all going to know they got fucked. Right, like after South Carolina, this Voltron of shit came together and like fucked him over, and so no one's gonna have anything good to say. Right, yeah. oh these Bernie, these bitter Bernie support, these bitter Bernie bros, the three Bs as I call it. My name is Tom Friedman. Please subscribe. To my <laughs> uh, it's it's just irritating to see them do the like. Well, how could he have like reconfigured his campaign? It's like nothing would have done that. At yeah. the end of the day, him not being the a beloved Democratic Party member and Barack Obama existing and hating him, that's all it was. And I mean, working like, New York behind Times the came scenes. Out like, by the way, he was doing even more than we thought. He was basically shadow running Biden's campaign. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. He's a piece of shit. I, all of this checks out. All right. Like, I don't need a fucking postmortem. All we did was prove out that even if you win the first three states, even if you have a massive uh, chunk of appeal, even if like uh, the, the guy who ends up beating you or the, the, the other people in the race are fucking uh, terrible, terrible, like genuinely flawed humans and candidates, even with all those things, you're still not going to beat them. So long as the media and the establishment tells you you can't. Yeah. From uh, looking at Brett's deranged scribbles on the marker board here i think we're going to talk a little bit about just the concept of uh, electoralism and federalism and and where we are now before ending this episode with a reading series from uh nathan of mark's madness sort of with i know you've been grappling with these issues too so how are you capping us off yeah. at the end of this episode uh i'm i'm capping us off at the end of this episode by reading a piece by a person that is far smarter than i am which i've learned is a much uh, safer thing than having thoughts of my own is just read things that smarter people have written and uh, this particular smart person was uh dr w.e.b du bois uh who wrote uh, the souls of black folk and black reconstruction in america and he was the original founder of the uh, naacp and he wrote in 1956 about why uh voting was completely ridiculous and something he wasn't going to entertain anymore at that time and it's sort of <laughs> like i have to laugh because i can't cry because the things he was pointing out have just exacerbated and in you know infinite fold since then so all the reasons he gave are still completely valid and and i think he lays it out in a much more concrete and obvious way than i've been trying to yell about for the last year and a half on the internet well that's what we're going to end this with but uh let's go ahead and get into it thanks for joining us uh welcome dumb and awful this is brad at relentless board this is rob at dumb and awful this is nathan at mark's madness pod and this is brad at fizz for shizzle so right off the top we'll get this out of the way bernie endorsed biden I'll be honest, this mm. was entirely expected. I'm not super surprised or like, yeah, it sucks. Uh, he clearly is fond of Biden. They've worked together forever. He's clearly going to overlook shitty things because he thinks they're friends. And also, at the end of the day, this is why Bernie's the compromise. Like, he sees himself as part of the Senate. He uh, he sees himself as needing to be part of the party. This is how he survived. I, w the part that I am very happy about is this time around, like 2016, same thing happened. It was very disappointing. Largely, the voters were like, "I oh, fine, I guess this is what I'll do. It's fun this time around to watch the whole left and be like, fuck you, Bernie. There's yeah, no fucking no. way. <laughs> like, yeah. God bless all of you for that, because that's been wonderful. We, uh, um, we, you know, we, we, we always joke about like what, you know, we, we see Trump and he's awful and everything that's terrible about him, but he's mostly incompetent. And we always like to say like, you know, what's the, ne what's going to be after Trump? Like, that's the real thing we have to worry about, you know, whoever it's going to be, whatever, Joe Holly or whatever. But like, what no one is wondering is what's going to be after Bernie Sanders, right? Who's going to be that person that doesn't decide to bend over at the end? Who is going to be the guy that decides to run third party if he gets fucked over and just screw over the Democrats completely? Like that's that's what I'm looking forward to. You think that's the answer? Oh, 
Brad just popped out. Nope. Oh. Bro, I just smacked you with logic so hard that your circuit board fried. You <laughs> <laughs> literally shut down my computer with that comment. That, that's the level of my lib scorn that I was like, <laughs> you really think a third party is going to do it? And the smarm just overwhelmed the circuits. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm a dumb guy. I'm, I'm looking to be told what I'm supposed to do here. So please tell me. We need to figure out like what concessions, if any, Bernie got from that. Right? We need as to far figure out. It's like none. Yeah, there, there's, Zero. Been, there's been whispers of student debt forgiveness if you went to a public school, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's means-tested horse shit. They're not going to give you shit. Any policy that starts as the compromise no. position before He's he even fucked. gets to Congress means he won't do it at all. Like, we, I, like I've seen that. this fucking show like 10 times before. You guys never even fulfill your mediocre campaign promises. So, like, why the fuck am I going to believe you now? You know? Like, yeah, yeah, but, but you, know? you know, they uh, Nancy Pelosi went to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and offered to lower uh, the age from Medicare to, like, 63 or something completely pointless. Which is like a worse that. deal than what Hillary worse. ran on. So, I, fuck all of y'all. Hillary ran on lowering it to 55. The Senate, Senate Dems, who are the most conservative chunk of Democrats, have been trying to push to lower to 55 for years. So uh, anything above that is automatically a worse position than they've been in. Like they're pieces of shit. They're not going to give us a goddamn thing. So that's fine. The, yeah. the whole point of getting Biden to win was to not compromise at all. Like they're not going to. On the issue of concessions, I'm not holding my breath. Like it, the idea that, well, you know what? If, if you keep mailing in votes for Bernie, he'll be able to be more powerful at the convention, and then Biden will he'll have to concede certain policy positions. Like, that's not how time and history have, have really worked. Like, Jesse Jackson ran, and they stomped on him, and not really a whole lot of concessions came out of that. Howard Dean had a bunch of momentum, and then they consolidated yeah. and stomped on him because he said, we're winning, yeah! And they're like, <laughs> not presidential. We need a guy that's digitally penetrated people against their will and that's the world we live in now and now bernie sand and by the way nothing what great left awakening happened uh from howard dean's run people know that running biden is going to lose people knew that running Kerry was going to lose they just yeah. they don't care because they don't want a more progressive person in there no. and, and the dean thing was just to take a moment especially grading because they did the same smarmy liberal media bullshit that they're doing now, but in its like proto phase where they're like, oh, a, a man who's who's excited about victory and, and getting people energized. And he lets out a, a yell when he's excited. He, he went, we're going on to Nevada. We're going on to Michigan. We're, we're going on a, to South Carolina and we're going to get it. Yeah. And they're like, can you can you believe it? That's not presidential. It's like, do you realize that's literally the rebel yell? That's how all Southerners express yeah. themselves. Like, historically, in your own country, that's like a very, like, he had his sleeves rolled up and he was throwing his fists around. Like, it's the sort of, like, working class progressive energy that has always frightened them. And that's why they will never give it an inch in concessions or otherwise. We've, we've done it over and over again. We just have to put that myth to bed. Was that primary the John Edwards primary? Yes. Well, I mean, John Edwards. Oh, John Edwards was uh, the vice presidential pick. That was the year he got owned by uh, yeah. Dick Cheney at a debate while he was cheating on his cancer-stricken wife Elizabeth. And he's a North Carolina senator. This is my home state, so I know a little bit about this. And yeah. the best part about this was that at the time, John Edwards told his mistress <laughs> that as soon as his wife died, they were going to get married on top of the Empire State Building, and Dave Matthews Band was going to play the wedding reception, and he was going to use taxpayer funds to do it. So John Edwards Hell lost yeah. his career for that little statement, which somehow Trump did not for the, almost the exact same goddamn crime, because Edwards also paid off his mistress to be quiet. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I remember that one. I like that you said today that uh, Trump has already done more for your material interests uh, <laughs> than like Biden ever. Has. God, he has. That's so fucking dark. Yep. And, and and Biden still still is against marijuana legalization. Still so will not do stupid. it. Like decades after any like dumb myth, every reefer madness horseshit thing was put to bed. And you know Trump. Like, you know, Trump could just decide tomorrow, like, yeah, fuck it, legalize weed. I don't care. Like, fuck it, do it. I need a good tweet. I genuinely think he might. Yeah. Do you understand how many he's we are so blessed that he is dumb because he, like there is a level of intelligence slightly above algae that can figure out that you just go, folks, 
in this pandemic, you know, a lot, lot of, lot of bad stuff going around. A lot of people saying we're doing everything we, we can, but there's more that we could do. We need our first responders and law enforcement professionals, our heroes, not going after this little, these little low-level drug things. These, we need them fighting the pandemic. I'm putting a suspension on all low-level drug charges. Uh, we're decriminalizing marijuana federally until we can figure this thing out and he would he would roll over biden oh yeah the guy that sends me checks and lets me buy weed uh, <laughs> government supported weed <laughs> uh, it'll be a fucking what a what a bizarro hell world i mean most people at this point feel like the government's abandoned them if the only times you see a good thing it comes with his name yeah no that's a pretty easy association to make i really thought that like hell would be more monochromatic like <laughs> it'd just be me and like one infernal beast and over the millennia like we'd kind of have a begrudging respect for each other <laughs> instead of just like a fucking multicolored chromatic hellscape <laughs> But unfortunately, most of the people that would be receiving checks with their uh, stimulus won't actually be getting them because they owe the banks too much money. Of course. We'll see on that one. Yeah, they they basically set aside, like, if the banks want to claw back money that you owe them, they're allowed to pull it from your stimulus. If I can't get the, the, the check, it's because of Joe Biden and the fact that, like, student loans have effectively crippled me forever because yep. there's no way to deal with them. If I had an LLC or some fucking incorporated in Delaware company, yeah, bankruptcy is an option. But because of Biden, so many people are fucked by student loans because he gave you no bankruptcy option. Thanks, Biden. Get, You're the best, you buddy. A, get you a pass through because those are becoming super profitable right now. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, there was a delightful article that came out featuring uh, a longtime favorite of Dumb and Awful. So this big stimulus bill went through. Uh, everybody got corporate bailouts. Regular people got twelve hundred Trump bucks, uh, which he's now putting his name on because that's just smart branding. And uh, what about rich people though? I know we were all concerned, and there was a fun uh, thing slid in there that suspended the pass-through uh, tax. And the pass-through tax is basically if you own a company, which basically every super rich person does, the income you make from that gets taxed as income. And you're allowed to pass through some small amount of it straight through as saying like, well, it was tax on the business side. I don't need a tax on the income side. That's not how it's supposed to work, but they give a little bit. Suspending that allows you as a rich person to basically save one to two million dollars. So they were given a mil plus this year just off of that. It's going to cost the government like 900 billion. And you know why we know this? Because Lloyd fucking Doggett. Lloyd Doggett, born a man, lived a pimp will send to God, the king of Texas, the ultimate leftist hero, Lloyd Doggett. <laughs> I genuinely, like, it's such a grim He's article. a great man. And I was so upset, and I saw his name, and I was just like, what a, f yes. Every time he, he pops up and he speaks plain, that's all Lloyd Doggett knows how to do. That and pimping, of course, but that's never been a challenge. <laughs> uh, I just, yeah, thank you, Lloyd Doggett, for bringing to our attention that every single person in the government, Democrats and Republicans, rubber-stamped a bill that handed a mil plus to every rich person while regular people scrabble for $1,200. If you're the kind of regular person who has the right income, uh, if you're not, fuck you. We did a whole episode on Lloyd Doggett. I love him. He's just... He's amazing. He's only correct. <laughs> uh, In terms of victories, you could do worse than that, Ho Chi Minh. <laughs> Thank you, Lloyd. In my head, Lloyd Doggett is like uh, a great like economic uh, populist leftist type. My name is Lloyd Doggett. My father bequeathed me a blade that was forged in the fires of Rosa Luxemburg's blood. <laughs> a great equalizer is upon us. I hope you'll stand beside me on the reckoning. Anyway, vote blue. <laughs> Lloyd Dogg has been a congressman since 1995. There has always been a Lloyd Doggett. I'm what they call the most recent incantation. <laughs> Lloyd Doggett's a Dread Pirate Roberts. For Midwest Barbecue can suck my dick, but vote for socialist causes. <laughs> Trans rights are human rights. He's <laughs> <laughs> the rep out of Austin. I think this man might be the Bernie replacement. Like, make Lloyd Doggett the new socialist hero, for fuck's I'll sake. I'll tell you a thing. Down here in Texas, Lloyd Doggett does two things, dips and supports sex workers. And I'm all out of dip this morning. There's just literally nothing about Lloyd Doggett that doesn't bring me joy. That's what his wife says, too. <laughs> what, you mean Libby Doggett? His wife since 1969 because he's a faithful husband? Lloyd and Libby? Lloyd and Libby Doggett! The Doggetts! 
Delightful. Yep. Sometimes a pimp meets a queen. <laughs> <laughs> with, with his daughters, Lisa and Kathy Target. Damn, I'm, I'm in a Crusader Kings 2 mood right now. I got to arrange a, <laughs> I need a matrilineal marriage for me and my house. Boy, dog, it reach out. I'm on Twitter. Can we just, uh, can we just real, they, they've announced that uh, in Crusader Kings 3, which of course that's a first day buy for all of us here. Um, Actually, definitely not. You don't want to. Oh, that's yeah, true. true. Oh, yeah. yeah, you need to wait. Like yeah. Play the full featured CK2 for like a year with all the mods and then hop over. Yeah. What, what are you, an ape? Are you a gibbon of some sort? <laughs> are you a, you're just a feral Siamang. <laughs> I don't know how many monkeys do I know? <laughs> yeah, you know, from, I think they're in Cambodia. <laughs> I'm sorry, what about CK3? Oh, they, they announced that you'll be able to play as a bisexual or asexual ruler. You could already play as King George. <laughs> <laughs> if you get your diplomacy high enough, you can fuck anybody. I mean, that's the Kissinger method. <laughs> Again, I didn't think a callback to Cambodia would come back so soon, but fuck. <laughs> Sorry, I, I went down a rabbit hole of looking up Texas Democratic congressman. Uh, Y'all know about Joaquin Castro? Yes. Yeah. Why did I not? Yeah, because you were leaving a blessed life. I'm just seeing a weird, just, just a picture of Joaquin Castro with Shinzo Abe, and I don't know why. I can't explain why a, a Texas Democratic congressman needs to be with the premier of Japan, but it's it's a picture that's there, and I just I have to reckon with it. Why is fucking uh, Jared Kushner uh, holding a sniper rifle on top of a Jerusalem embassy? Because <laughs> it's modern politics. Nothing makes any fucking sense. That kid cannot handle the recoil. <laughs> yeah, Lloyd Dog is a pimp. Uh God, deeply upsetting, uh, deeply upsetting about the whole. We just gave rich people more money for no reason, while uh, we're means testing the fuck out of the rest of you. But God bless Lloyd for letting us know that they did that, because that's the only reason it came out. Uh, every time they force a bill through, this shit happens. But uh, I, I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, this, this stimulus actually is another good example of it. But like, one, the conservatives are so much better at this than the fucking Democrats oh, are. It's insane. Absolutely. Like they, they, they know that if they get any Democrat to vote for their bills, you can say it was bipartisan. Uh, and then they know if they always deny Democrats any votes at all, uh, Democrats will just have to own it. And you can say it's a purely Democrat bill. So any bad thing that the Republicans pass that Pelosi signs onto, which she usually does, it's a lot harder to smear them with it. Cause Hey, Pelosi came on board. So what the fuck was the problem then? Right. You can say, Oh, they're hypocrites, which is true. But the other thing the Republicans are so good at is they're just so much better at coalition building. The Republicans are made up of religious crazies, just full-on racist from KKK to your casual uh, Florida uncle, which actually he's probably worse than the KKK, but still. They've got obviously your big business people. They've got small business tyrants who just want to lower their taxes. They, they have this weird, bizarre coalition. And now they, they've also, Trump has done a good job of pulling in workers who are angry about NAFTA and immigrants taking jobs, right? Justified or not, he's pulled those in. But what they do is every single one of those groups gets something. You all get a policy or a judge, all of you. And that's why you vote for me, because you get something. The Democrats are made up of, at this point, all I can tell is condescending people from D.C., New York, and California uh, who just want things to stay the same, who want to pretend to be morally superior to you. The left, you'll get nothing. We will never once pass a policy that you'll like because fuck you, we hate you. Uh, anybody else in the coalition, you're probably not going to get anything either. We are here just to pull fucking votes from the, oh, yeah, those other guys seem evil. And, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess, it, it, you know, when the polls say that they should support uh, LGBTQ rights, they will, I guess, sort of, kind of. They won't fight hard dragged, for it, but they'll. Dragged to that position. Exactly. But that, that's what I'm saying is, like, they, they don't actually give you policies. They don't give you anything. They don't say, like, hey, the next judge, 100% weed legalization. If that's your issue, if your issue is, like, man, fuck criminal justice. Here's what we're going to give criminal justice. People are concerned about that. People are concerned about, like, student debt. Here's where you're going to get. People are concerned about LGBTQ rights. Here's what you're going to get. Like, we're going to actually push. Each of you is going to get a specific policy or a judge or something. And instead they go... Well, how do we give them a half-assed technocratic version of it, just enough to peel off a few votes, uh, and then just scare the rest of them? I think I think 
I think if you look back in the last like 60 years of the DNC and democratic politics, their big defining issues have always, always come from outside of the party and have then been sort of taken in at the 11th hour, like civil rights, right? That came from the the largely African-American, uh, you know, movement that was sort of extra legal, right? It wasn't outside the legal process. Martin Luther King, the bullshit they teach about him aside, was talking about like, you know, protesting in Chicago's, uh, you know, housing discrimination and things like that. That was very, very anti-DNC and it eventually cost them their power in 1968. If you go into the 70s, you know, it was about anti-corruption, which didn't really go anywhere. They were anti-Nixon. People in the DNC said, yeah, we're anti-corruption now. The 80s, nothing fucking happened. It was it was a wasteland. But in the 90s and the 2000s, it became that sort of LBGTQ rights movement. And that, like, through steps and steps and steps, it sort of reached its culmination um, with the Supreme Court case legalizing gay marriage. And these are not things the DNC ever pressed for. They were things that they sort of held back and held back and held back until there was just, they couldn't hold it back anymore. And then they became sort of the party of it. And so for, wanting to anything progressive out inside from inside the DNC is just never going to happen. And now what is the next thing that's going to press the DNC to adopt uh, universal basic income or uh, you know universal health care? Kill the DNC. No, they, I don't. I don't yeah. know. Just fucking I, kill. I mean, uh, yes, I, uh, that's what you're. That's what you're basically saying is that the party will never actually do things unless it's forced on them. So like, all I right, mean, I'm absolutely saying uh, that. Obviously, yes, let's force yes, policies yes. on them. And and to be clear, the last time that happened, LBJ, who was fight, an incredibly fight, fight. brilliant brilliant tactical politician who didn't give a fuck about morality or his base or anything it was just about like what is the thing that'll make me popular in the moment the democrats now have done a great job of killing all of those politicians they only encourage the dumbest mercenaries there is no clever person in the party who's going to fucking make the switch to do the right thing like that they don't have that if you are that kind of psychopath you go to the republicans because you actually have a chance to get power the Democrats are fucking useless. Like you can't even attract the competent mercenaries anymore. Like that's how fucking awful they are at this. So it's like, what's the point of this party? If they can't even do the mercenary thing competently, if you can't actually get to the fucking point of like getting power from them, I'm like let's just kill this fucking party. Let them die. Fucking let them die. Let's salt the great the earth around them so that nothing may ever grow again. Fuck them. Which Brad sounds like he's owned your dumbass idea. I mean, no, I was I I completely agree. <laughs> I'm not owning him. He's with yeah, me. We're, we're oh, agreeing. Yeah, we're agreeing. I just I, <laughs> just once I'd like you guys to actually debate a political topic on this political uh, talk. We show, did, and it won't be today. And uh, Brett <gasps> was very right. Um, <laughs> Stacey Abrams. That's uh, Stacy fucking Abrams. God, if she becomes his VP, how much are you gonna love that, Brett? <laughs> it's gonna, happen. It's it's gonna, gonna fucking happen. happen. You know what? I don't actually think it will because I think he is personally inherently too racist to pick a black person. Uh, he's already been a black person's Ooh. VP, so he's yeah. already he's That's he's a, able to. And why was he chosen? He was specifically chosen to make the fucking racist in the party calm down. Listen, Brett, think about this. Th- just th- real fast, like think about like put on your liberal like I went to like you know wherever Ivy League school bullshit liberal hat these fucking assholes who are running his campaign because Joe Biden does not know what day it is or what floor he's on if he's asked and think of the narrative that these pieces of shit are going to create where you know Joe Biden was the one who helped Barack Obama solidify it the first African American president and now on his way to the presidency he's going to bring the first not only woman vice president, sorry, Janine Ferrero, but the first black vice president as well. Joe Biden. The Prom- promises. Most- listen here, Jack. But- listen here, Jack. Promises made, promises kept. You know, you always back me, and I, I, I don't forget that. And, you know, the black community backed Joe Biden for many years. And I'm very proud to, to bring what I hope will be uh, the, <laughs> the, the, you know, Stacey Abrams fucking. Dish. Oh, I don't think you guys are wrong. I think you're just describing competent people. I don't think they're competent. I think he goes for another white person and particularly someone who's pretty conservative because that's what he It'll wants. Be Klobuchar like he very, he's it's, made it pretty clear. That's what he wants. It's going to be Klobuchar or Abrams, I think, at this point. I do love how you've been like, what is what is Joe Biden? He doesn't want this. Like, has any of this felt like a thing that Joe Biden wants for the last like two years? Like, this definitely doesn't feel like Joe Biden is leading this charge at this point. Joe Biden doesn't even get to choose what substance they hide his pills in. <laughs> <laughs> Joe really likes applesauce, okay? But they keep giving him peanut butter jack. It's, it's not what you. It's I, I, I like I like the one with the apples. <laughs> 
<laughs> Joe is Joe is like every fucking demented grandpa in, in Florida in that yeah, no, he, he can't fucking operate on his own at all. But the only times he's lucid is when it comes time to do racist shit. Also, he's really <laughs> weird around my girlfriend for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like remember when uh like, remember that- when fucking uh uh kevin spacey got popped for like basically molesting boys for like 30 years in hollywood and he came out and said like i'm actually gay and everyone was like shut the fuck up get the fuck out of here well when like joe biden's dementia became too like like much to ignore their campaign came out and said oh actually joe's been dealing with a speech impediment his entire life and the libs were like oh my god he's so brave like he's so brave he has a stutter and it's if you if you critique Joe Biden, it's it's ableism. It's ableist. Brad, what I love about that, and I understand why you did it, like it's a linguistic thing, because you're a football fan, right? And people will they'll they'll like pop hot for uh, steroids or whatever and get suspended for a week or whatever. Um, and the other reporters will be like, "Yep, uh, popped for HGH. He'll he'll be uh, suspended three weeks." And that's where language gets in your head. But when you're like, "Yeah, remember when Kevin Spacey got popped for child molesting?" <laughs> <laughs> L- like someone's someone's looking at his urine and it's just like, according to this, your pedophile is fucked. <laughs> and it's like, ah, damn it, that's a suspension. <laughs> I knew the test was coming. I should have resisted. Uh, so what? The whole next season? Yeah, and probably all your future shows too. <laughs> <laughs> that that's actually that's disqualified in ancient greek ufc they wouldn't let the gladiators in they're like ah, oh, i'm sorry greek john jones got popped for pedophilia that's an unfair, com- <laughs> unfair competitive advantage you're out in nevada you're <laughs> so uh <laughs> goddamn aegean sports commission let them play uh ancient greek mma Br- bruce buffer <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to invent right angles. Get <laughs> <laughs> Pythagoras. Uh, Clemson used to have a linebacker whose name is now uh, eluding me, but he uh, they, he was like four years ago. He was on the team, and he would get caught repeatedly on television making tackles and then like aggressively fingering the players that he had just tackled. <laughs> Yes, he did. Yeah, so, yes, so a little, little something for me in fairness with the tackle, a little something for you with the, with the wake up. That's something, that's something that happens in MMA a lot, too. <laughs> like, it's a known thing. Fuck. <laughs> Look, I can barely call an Uber uh, with a finger up my ass. I don't know how you're doing a five-round championship fight. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine, like, Crete was the original, like, fight island that Dana White purchased just back in ancient Greek times. Just, yeah, we got a guy island. We're going to do all the fights there. He is literally doing that, by the way. Oh, uh, no, I know. coronavirus, uh, the UFC is just going to a private island and doing it uh, sanctioned under international rules. From, <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, they're doing oh, yeah. it. Yeah. They got a great deal on Jeffrey Epstein's place, so they decided <laughs> to... Uh, turns out Jeffrey Epstein had a ring built on his island. That no one asked why. We don't want to know. <laughs> oh, before before he went to fight uh, before he went to fight island he was just going to use uh reservation land in california <laughs> because uh <laughs> no that was true yeah this has been a oh whole God. this is the real news story oh yes uh yeah i i i have zero faith that biden will even do what would be the clever lip thing here though to to circle back here I have no faith he'll do the right lib thing. I don't think he has competent people on his fucking campaign, as witnessed by the fact that the whole thing fell apart until Obama swooped in and made it happen for him. So it's just going to be a series of fucking blunders. Trump's going to leap on all of them. It's going to be honestly entertaining, if nothing else. But yeah, Bernie went out of his way to be polite while trying to like call out Joe Biden's hideous record, and it just didn't work. Trump is going to straight up look Joe Biden in the eye and says, you're wearing diapers and you've shit your pants and I can smell them. And I'm telling you, I don't like it. I don't I don't like it. It's wrong. You shouldn't do it. That's just me, though. <laughs> I'll be honest. Even if Joe was making really good points about the feasibility of Medicaid and Medicare long term, uh, if that was Trump's answer, I'd like to hear a little bit more from Mr. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear a little bit more about that diaper business you were just talking about. We can get to Medicare will be there for at least a little bit more. Let's give it really needle in on the, <laughs> on the dookie diapers. <laughs> just Biden like, folks, I've got binders filled with proof of my continence. <laughs> <laughs> Metamucil for days. So one of the other things going on in all this uh is the postal service is dying. 
Yay! Not take that, Ben Gabbard. <laughs> Uh, as an actual early 2000s hipster, I would have gone with Rilo Kylie. Thank you. I'll take my comments off the air. She was the I girl. love the Postal Of course you fucking Everyone did, loved the Brett. Postal Service. That album was perfect. Smeared black paint. <laughs> Your palms are sweaty. Yep. I'm barely listening. No one's giving you red lights. <laughs> By the way, he knows off the top of his head after saying that, of course, I And like he knows them. the next line, too. Continue. Smear black paint. I was putting on daily to last demands. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh, God. How did that go? Yeah. Well, now, now I see that you've raised Listen, the, totally Listen, Rob. The scene this. is so out of context in this apartment <laughs> complex. Fuck. I do know this song. Yeah, you can get it, buddy. We're all waiting. People are rude. This is like Rudy right now. <laughs> the uh, the twentieth. Uh, Brad gets through the district, sleeps alone yeah, tonight. He can do yeah, it. Uh, outside the thoughts are not there. Lights soon. We're not really doing this right. This isn't going to make the cut. Oh, we're doing this. No, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is an allegory because you've won, but you've owned everyone, including yourself. You're the singing Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> There's, oh, there's no coming back from this. <laughs> Transatlanticism was a better album that came out at the same time. Uh, Boo. That is true. Yeah, of course it is. is. No. I mean, that's fact sound of settling. What are we doing here? Yo, no, it's, I don't. No one disagrees with you except maybe Nathan. I'm, uh, no, I will take it to my grave. I'll take. I'll take give up over the transatlanticism any day. This is like basically the only conversation where people of color need to just remain silent and let people <laughs> who have lived experiences <laughs> hash it out. <laughs> Do you remember inviting, like, trying to invite people over, you know, like someone you're trying to get frisky with when you're 19 in college and be like, hey, I just downloaded uh, Give Up on, uh, I got it 320 kilobytes, so it sounds really good. You want to listen to it on my... Hell no, dude. I had a big screen TV and Planet Earth in HD. I didn't have this <laughs> I had that Garden State oh, soundtrack. I bring it. Good to go. That tells you everything yeah, you need to know. <laughs> That that is like the true Myers Briggs. Is what did you? What was your alibi? And Brett was <laughs> Brett was whipping out the shins. Honestly, uh, my move has always been the same. I just cook for people. Has worked forever because I'm good at cooking. Feels like cheating at this point. Come on now. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Hey, you guys are on quarantine too. You can fucking look around and cook as well. Join the club. Cooking's awesome. It's great for you. It's great for dating. Everybody loves it. Bro, I need to cook. I have a big ass <laughs> dick. <laughs> Take that, Bobby Flay. <laughs> <laughs> he can't cook. Uh, anyway, the Postal Service, the United States Postal Service, is uh, on the verge of collapse once more. Uh, this happens like every three or four years now. Part of the reason this is the case is because in 2006, the Republicans under Bush managed to force through a bill that causes them to have to prepay um, retirement for people for 50 years into the future, I, think it's, I believe. Yep. It's fucking it's, it's, insane. It's, it's designed to cripple them, right? Whatever it is. Yeah, it was it was designed to cause problems. Now, quick pause here. If you're thinking, Brett, 2006 was 14 years ago. The Democrats have had control multiple times since then. Why didn't they change that? Yeah, that's a good fucking <laughs> question, isn't it? I, I, I quibble with the way they have actually economically, uh, like the numbers they've gotten in terms of valuating the retirements for 50 years. Because 50 years from now, retirement is basically going to be a fistful of skooma and a plus one spear. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what the technomancers will take for currency even? Come on now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, this has been a problem for Almost 15 years now, the Democrats have shown no willingness to solve it. Just like any other major issue and the, we have And the in best system. part is that the Postal uh, Service is an explicitly Democratic voting institution. Like, no one's voting Republican for the from the Postal Service. And still the Dems are like, oh, yeah, yeah don't worry about it. It's fine. We, no, it's literally in the Constitution. You can use that same argument to save it. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, the, the postal service is actually, so I had a rant about this a few episodes ago about like how dumb it is to, to operate the government with a profit motive and say like, we're trying to be efficient. The postal service is why you don't do that, right? If you operated a postal system efficiently, if you live in a rural area, you don't get mail anymore, right? Like full stop that immediately you don't get mail anymore. Cause right now that's most of their business is they do last mile deliveries. Yep. 
for FedEx and UPS because UPS and FedEx just want to bulk ship from airport to airport and then go, all right, well, fuck this. I'm not going to deliver it to this person's house. He's, he's down a goddamn dirt road. I don't fuck that. And the postal service will do it. Right. Because what they're doing is providing a service. Um, and so I, I, I get a little frustrated at seeing the like, all right, guys, well, if we just get together and we all call our representatives, same representatives who either voted for this bill or did nothing for the last 15 years, th then they'll they'll save the Postal Service. Meanwhile, they're on recess during a pandemic. Like, it, it's one of those situations where, like, I don't really have any faith they're going to do anything. And if they do, it'll be a last-ditch stopgap that'll actually make things slightly worse, and they'll just push it off. Like, I do think they'll probably fix it just so it doesn't collapse right before an election. As a person that lives on a dirt road whose uh, internet is given to the profit motive but postal deliveries aren't, I'm doing this with while holding a cell phone up in the air and praying for a Wi-Fi connection, but I got my fucking mail today. So please God, don't don't make this a profit-based enterprise or I'm fucked. That's actually a perfect comparison point. If you have internet in a rural area, that's what you're going to have if postal mm. service goes under. It'll be a similar level of quality yeah. and price. So garbage. <laughs> and maybe from yep. space occasionally if you want the internet. Someone um please call the surgeon who can crack my ribs and repair this broken heart. Buddy, I'm about 10 seconds from getting the Acela and, and making that happen. <laughs> better company. Uh, for me, it's sort of, this is sort of like a representative issue in that just look at the tenor of how people approach this, right? I, I sort of was making fun of it before, but it's it's the same thing every time when there's a big issue. It's like, well, if you just call your congressperson and you beg them, and if we just work hard enough when we ask nicely enough, then maybe they'll do their fucking job. Like, at what point do people get tired of begging the powerful for things and are ready to start demanding shit? Like, they're your public elected yeah. official. Like, public official they should be terrified of you you shouldn't be begging them for scraps like they're fucking oligarchs like Jesus i would say Christ. on both sides of it that's like by design you i know, know as much as every boomer is like, as much as every boomer is like you know they should teach civics in schools they're kind of right because on the on the on the politician side every funding stream is coming from people that basically aren't you like as great as your you know with the exception of your four dollars and 20 cent donation to the bernie stream every single time which just to be clear is appreciated outside of that like they don't really care about you or represent you because you don't give them money which is the new speech so they don't give a fuck and then for most citizens it really does feel like brett said like people don't understand that the representatives are supposed to be representing you specifically and ready to be pulled back if at any point they don't represent your community it's just that ideology and mass media and just fucking years of being browbeaten has convinced, especially the boomer cast, that, you know what, we just got to get in line and serve Nancy as best she can because she is our avatar and our hero, and, and, and if we don't get behind her, then we're doomed. I mean, it's one way to look at it, but it certainly doesn't serve any sort of even basic democratic principles uh, that we at least pretend our society is based on. Yeah, all that is true, and I like I get all that, and I, I, it, it makes sense to me what we got here. I just like, Jesus Christ, don't people get fucking tired of begging and pleading on hands and knees? Like I, this is I think sometimes like the southern enemy does not understand other parts of the country. You because, should. Like, That's a very southerner thing. Because the like, virtue of the the supplicant. Because like, for me, it's like, oh, well, I if you if you fuck me and my family over enough, like we just declare a blood feud, and then. I will have children just to pass on the blood feud until you're all fucking dead in the ground and your organization has been destroyed. Like, I, I don't think like, oh man, if I just beg harder, like, fuck you. I like, I, at a certain point, like the rage just overcomes and I'm like, cool, let's burn it all then. Fine. Fine. Like if it, fine, I'm totally down with this. This is where like, I do genuinely understand conservatives because if you get to the point where Democrats have never once ever tried to help you, they don't even talk to you if you're in certain places in the country. So like you don't hear from them. They're non-existent. And and then you're supposed to fucking be thankful 
they talk to you, they talk down to you every time they fucking interact with you and you're supposed to be thankful to them for like the fucking scraps off the goddamn table that they throw you. That does nothing Biden for you or yours. literally said, fuck you, go vote for someone else you don't like what I'm pitching. Exactly. And so it's like- You're being ungrateful? Fuck you, leave. At a certain point, like, I get the conservatives who are like, yeah, no, I, I don't think I'm getting anything from the Republicans. I just think, fuck you. Like that, I genuinely understand that line of thinking. I'm not going to vote for a goddamn Republican fascist, but like, I get it. For people who have less fucking qualms about that or just aren't going to pay attention, it makes sense to just be like, yeah, fuck those assholes. I, I've, I've, it's one of those things where like when I talk to my Southern family now, lar largely conservative, they are fully on board when I'm like, you know what? I don't give a fuck if people riot, uh, go for it. Like I'm going to cheer them on. People in my family are like, yeah, fuck all of them at this point. <laughs> like that's, that's where like, this is, this is like my Southern family mentality. Everybody's like, Fuck all the politicians. I hope they burn their homes to the ground. Like this is my like my sister at home is saying this with her three kids, and you're like, all right, <laughs> uh, that's where we're all at. Cool. So like when I see the like northeastern like, well, it's my job to fucking fall in line and then tell you that you should fall in line too to assuage my guilty conscience, so I don't feel as bad for being a piece of shit and fucking forgoing all my ideals. Like, nah, we're not gonna do that. That's not how we're fucking. That's not how my people are built. This is by the way. You northerners or people not from America listening to this, this is how, like, it, every group has subgroups. Brett is what you'd call an Appalachian southerner. This is true. Um, this is one of the types <laughs> you can be. Uh, I, I'm more of what you would call a swamp southerner. I was born in the, literally in the Everglades and raised half mile from it. It's, it, it's like the yin and yang of, of Dixie. Both are incredibly racist by and large. It's That's just, where we get along. <laughs> it's just that the swamp ones smoke weed and the Appalachian ones drink uh, hard whiskey. Uh, yeah, produce day. good whiskey, which they then convert into blood feuds. So I'm not saying it's and good. And grow weed. There, there are seven divided dumbass bloodlines that all go back to Robert <laughs> E. Lee eventually. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. It's if. In the same way that, like, a Polish person will scry your blood to determine whether or not you have, like, non-Slav blood, Southerners will all try to fucking come together to figure out in what way exactly they're related to Robert E. Lee and then tell you about it repeatedly at every family function. Third cousin, if anyone's curious on my side. That's where that's where we sneak in. <laughs> Damn, that's, that's a fucking cousin. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or for Brett, Appalachian. Uh, uh, a definitely fucking <laughs> down south you have to be careful about that because that 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 fourth leg can really get in, you in trouble when you're running from the gators you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you want to be evolutionarily agile uh, that, that's why we've shedded all of the uh the additional weight in our frontal lobes <laughs> uh, my people we can stay a high speed low drag <laughs> as we go into the villages to spread corona <laughs> <laughs> the fact that florida is just a zoo for every type of dumbass it's like a dumbass menagerie and somehow they get more electoral votes than everyone all right i think the system's fine you know what i'm with elizabeth warren small tweaks <laughs> you've convinced you, like me. in the middle of a pandemic that the uh. villages uh managed to secure a testing trial from the university of florida uh that tested you know 700 of their residents that's very nice yeah yeah, and some of them for COVID. These guys fuck. They're still human beings. <laughs> Can you believe it, folks? Anyway, all my exes hate me. <laughs> Bill Maher. It's, uh, this is something that actually I, I really do want to get in this episode. We can just hit it really quickly, right? I was listening to Matt Chrisman King, and he... he did a live stream where it was like instant reactions and he said this whole like mutual aid or you know the, the starting a third party or you know we're going to take over the dsa from inside or no we're going to start our own thing or no we're going to just look out for local community whatever the answer is is sort of he said a uh like a can opener that we'll use once we have people but right now uh, a lot of interpretations of what happened to Bernie and where the left is currently uh, s seem to either really fixate on or forget altogether the fact that, like, I, maybe we just don't have enough people right now. Is that true? And if that is true, uh, what do we do? Because if we have a perfect system for society, but nobody is actually there to 
move the parts, it doesn't really work, right? So how are we going to get more people? I mean, I don't think that's entirely true. Um, I'm not saying we have... There's never such a thing as enough people uh, for socialism. You should always be trying to get more people in. Like That's the inherent part of the system. It needs to be a mass movement. So there's never a point at which like there's enough. Um, so always that should always be the first focus is get more people in. That said, <clears throat> there's definitely enough people for Bernie to be elected if it had been a straight up, even just normal fuckery. Uh, he would have gotten elected. So I don't think that's true. I think that's another one of those like, well, we didn't have the numbers to overwhelm voter disenfranchisement and the entire media and establishment being against us. And it's like, yeah, there's not enough voters in the world to do that, because if there are, then the system no longer exists because people have lost all faith in it. If we're at the point where they're like, oh, I don't believe a single thing anyone in the government or the media tells me, then we, we're already in a totally different position than we are to deal with electoral politics. So like, I don't really like I get where he's coming from. And I do think that still the, should be the main focus is getting more people on board radicalizing people uh i mean i agree that should always be a big thing but like creating any sort of organization that doesn't depend on a single figurehead does seem wildly important to me uh and community organizing things like that seem important that's where the whole like wildcat strikes and rent strikes yeah. come in people Black are live matters. open to that yeah. yeah that's that people are open to those things right now that's the shit you should be pushing because that's actually like one you will demonstrably improve people's material conditions and just to be clear that's the whole fucking point of voting for bernie in the first place was to improve material conditions if there is another avenue for that that seems effective right now then perhaps that's the thing we should do i don't know it's just... I, the problem with the problem with that whole concept i guess for me is that when we talk about well the, the whole point of voting for bernie was we needed to we were voting for our material conditions and we were that was supposed to improve people's lives we the left collectively, I speak when I say we, did not show that. We talked about it kind of to ourselves and on our various shows and on left media that was focused at our space. But, I mean, how many people actually went out and talked to other people and improved their material? I get we were people were door knocking for Bernie. Chapo guys were door knocking for Bernie. We were going out and talking about the Bernie campaign, but we were talking about it during a campaign season where everybody's out talking about campaigning and people are used to, I see a road sign or I see this, I see that the difference with dual power or the concept of, of those, you know, community organizations that builds a level of trust that nothing else is going to build because I don't give a fuck what you've told me. If you fed me when I was hungry or you put clothes on my back when I didn't have a house, if you were there for me when other people weren't, I'm going to listen to you far more than I'm going to listen to literally anybody else. Ever. That's very horrifying considering Trump just sent everyone in America oh, checks. Yeah. Uh -huh. I do want to pause like the gloom and doom of like, uh, we did all this and, and nothing happened. It's like the left is in a far better place oh, than yeah. it ever has been in our lifetime. Far better. Far better. Yeah, in terms of like the Q score, the marketing metric that, that measures favorables, right? Socialism for people under 40 has more favorables than capitalism. Do you understand that like if you time traveled back and let Robert Novak know that he would fucking die on the spot and his soul would return to his phylactery. And that'd be a whole other thing. Like we've made some progress. Chris Matthews is off the air. Never Which forget. And brings me back to the other joke where he was being uh, accused of, you know, threatening spreading lies about bernie and so instead of admitting that and saying that bernie's gonna kill him chris matthew just came on air and said yeah i've been a sex pest my whole career and i'm quitting right now bye <laughs> and everyone all the libs were like oh my god that was so brave actually everybody i want you to know uh i haven't been dumb this whole time i've just been horny uh anyway uh goodbye <laughs> By the way, Dumb and Horny is the Patreon only after dark. <laughs> I would like to say about opportunities for the left, but I don't want to keep it dark because it's going to be very dark because for the first time in a uh, lot of people's lives, and we're talking about Marxists saying that we're going to people in the campaign season. We have done nothing for you personally. You were some you know, 61-year-old person living in Iowa who just likes the attention every four years. Like, you, you know, we, we've done nothing for you. We're in a position right now where people for the first time are seeing the failures of government very, very firsthand because we are being struck with something that could have been prevented, that other countries have prevented, and it's going to get very, very worse and much, much, very bad and much, much worse. And so the we're about to have the third week in a row where at least 6.6 .6 million people apply for unemployment. And that's notable because that's the most number that apparently the states can um, process in one week. 
Like it's happening. Things are falling apart like right now. And on top of all this, we have a disease that's just going to start killing people that people know. And so if ever there has been a time for people to see like, holy shit and realize these things affect them because we have been in this bubble since the fucking God Vietnam war or whatever, uh, it's now. And so when I say things are happening now more than they have in decades, especially in any of our lifetimes, um, with the exception of maybe September 11th, um, I mean it like things are happening all around us. We're cer- we're currently quarantined, right? All of us playing Final Fantasy 14 for 10 hours a day. All oh, your yeah. favorite podcasters either die a socialist hero or live long enough to become the cat girl. <laughs> Final, 14. Drag- Final Fantasy 14. Dragon Both Boy of those sound like great options, honestly. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, Pod Save America, boys. Like, come on, Pod John or whatever their fucking name is. They're the kind of, of of dipshit educated libs though who think like video games are for the plebs. I'm better than that. I play chess <laughs> with my family. Yeah, they're the sort of like woke take on video games that actually becomes like uh, horseshoe theory Saudi Arabian. <laughs> where they're like, <laughs> welcome to Pod Saves America. Change my username. Today we're discussing. We just gotta Laura Croft chop those titties off. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I'm just, uh, the left is too horny. I'm just trying to stay woke here. Anyway, uh, we have Crenshaw on today. (laughs) Sir, thank you for your service. Uh, So with all that said, and, you know, obviously I still have questions about like, what the fuck do you do if you think electoralism is dead? Because like, honestly, to me, it is. It's fucked. It's just not going to work. We have Nathan from Mark's Madness uh, did a nice sort of 10 minute reading series about this exact issue so we're going to end on that one for you thanks for listening everybody this is brett at Realist board rob at dumb and awful nathan at mark's madness pod and brad at fizz fizz for shizzle we have bonus episodes on patreon come in our discord if you want to chat uh but we're going to go ahead and go to check out the uh the the twice we're doing a twice I can't, we can't say riff tracks or else we will do copyright infringement um but it'll do a director's commentary on the new Twice documentary coming out for patrons as well. So check that out. Also, we got Discord. If you, like me, are also trying to figure out what the fuck do you do now, um, if you think, yeah, we just proved out electoralism won't work, okay, so what's next? Uh, so Nathan has some thoughts on that, and he did put together a little reading series for us. So we're going to go to that. guys how's it going this is uh this is a mini mark's madness uh it's just nathan today so get get you know get used to that it's it's gonna be a short one i promise this this should hopefully be no more than uh than five to ten minutes um but i had just literally about uh ten minutes ago someone on twitter forwarded us a uh, a piece by dr du bois um and i've literally i don't know if i've ever seen a piece so perfectly coincide with the reading we're doing as well as just the current kind of cultural moment uh no it is not pandemic related but uh other than that it is uh i I think it's probably the most appropriate mini madness we've ever got to do so i uh i literally just kind of dropped everything (laughs) and ran to ran to pod cave and and decided i wanted to get this on and get this up because i i i've seen a lot of people kind of coming to some sort of terms with oh well all right i guess i'm going to vote for joe biden and well you can't and uh, I, I i without any kind of further ado i just want to jump into this piece cuz i think dr boyce says it better than i've been trying to say it for months now um title of the piece is apparently uh why i won't vote uh this was in the nation on october 20th 1956 since i was 21 in 1889 I have, in theory, followed the voting plan strongly advocated by Sidney Lenz in the nation of August 4th, i.e. voting for a third party, even when its chances were hopeless, if the main parties were unsatisfactory, or, in the absence of a third choice, voting for the lesser of two evils. My action, however, had to be limited by the candidate's attitude toward Negroes. Of my adult life, I have spent 23 years living and teaching in the South, where my voting choice was not asked. I was disenfranchised by law or administration in the North. I lived in all 32 years, covering eight presidential elections. In 1912, I wanted to support Theodore Roosevelt, but his bull moose convention dodged the Negro problem, and I tried to help elect Wilson as a liberal Southerner. 
Under Wilson came the worst attempt at Jim Crow legislation and discrimination in civil service that we had experienced since the Civil War. In 1916, I took Hughes as the lesser of two evils. He promised Negroes nothing and kept his word. In 1920, I supported Harding because of his promise to liberate Haiti. In 1924, I voted for La Follette, although I knew he could not be elected. In 1928, Negroes faced absolute dilemma. Neither Hoover nor Smith wanted the Negro vote, and both publicly insulted us. I voted for Norman Thomas and the Socialists, although the Socialists had attempted to Jim Crow Negro members in the South. In 1932, I voted for Franklin Roosevelt, since Hoover was unthinkable and Roosevelt's attitude toward workers most realistic. I was again in the South from 1934 until 1944. Technically, I could vote, but the election in which I could vote was a farce. The real election was the white primary. Retired for age in 1944, I returned to the North and found a party to my liking. In 1948, I voted the progressive ticket for Henry Wallace and in 1952 for Vincent Hanlon. In 1956, I shall not go to the polls. I have not registered. I believe that democracy has so far disappeared in the United States that no two evils exist. There is but one evil party with two names, and it will be elected despite all I can do or say. There is no third party. On the presidential ballot in a few states, 17 in 1952, a quote-unquote socialist party will appear. Few will hear its appeal because it will have almost no opportunity to take part in the campaign and explain its platform. If a voter organizes or advocates a real third-party movement, he may be accused of seeking to overthrow the government by force and violence. Anything he advocates by way of a significant reform will be called communist and will of necessity be communist in the sense that it must advocate such things as government ownership of the means of production, government in business, the limitation of private profit, social medicine, government housing, and federal aid to education, the total abolition of race bias and the welfare state, these things are on every communist program. These things are the aim of socialism. Any American who advocates them today, no matter how sincerely, stands in danger of losing his job, surrendering his social status, and perhaps landing in jail. The witnesses against him may be liars or insane or criminals. These witnesses need give no proof for their charges and may not even be known or appear in person. They may be in pay of the United States government. ADAs and liberals are not third parties. They seek to act as tails to kites. But since these kites are self-propelled and radar-controlled, tails are quite superfluous and rather, rather silly. The present administration is carrying on the greatest preparation for war in the history of mankind. Stevenson promises to maintain or increase this effort. The weight of our taxation is unbearable and rests mainly and deliberately on the poor. This administration is dominated and directed by wealth and for the accumulation of wealth. It runs smoothly like a well-organized industry and should do so because industry runs it for the benefit of industry. Corporate wealth profits as never before in history. We turn over the national resources to private profit and have few funds left for education, health, or housing. Our crime, especially juvenile crime, is increasing. Its increase is perfectly logical. For a generation, we have been teaching our youth to kill, destroy, steal, and rape in war. What can we expect in peace? We let men take wealth which is not theirs. If the seizure is quote-unquote legal, we call it high profits, and the profiteers help decide what is legal. If the theft is illegal, the thief can fight it out in court, with excellent chances to win if he receives the accolade of the right newspapers. Gambling in home, church, and on the stock market is increasingly and is increasing and all prices are rising. It costs three times his salary to elect a senator, and many millions to elect a president. This money comes from the very corporations which today are the government. This, in a real democracy, would be enough to turn the party responsible out of power. Yet this we cannot do. The other party has surrendered all differences in foreign affairs. And foreign affairs are the most important affairs today, and take most of our taxes. Even in domestic affairs, how does Stevenson differ from Eisenhower? He uses better English than Dulles, thank God. He has a sly humor where Eisenhower has none. Beyond this, Stevenson stands on the race question in the South, not far from where his grandfather Adelaide stood 63 years ago, which reconciles him to the South. 
He has no clear policy on war or preparation for war, on water and flood control, on reduction of taxation, on the welfare state. He wavers on civil rights, and his party blocked civil rights in the Senate until Douglas of Illinois admitted that the Democratic Senate would and could not stop even the right of senators to vote. Douglas had a right to complain. Three million voters sent him to the Senate to speak for them. His voice was drowned out, and his vote nullified by Eastland, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, who was elected by 151,000 voters. This is democracy in the United States, which we peddle abroad. Negroes hope to muster 400,000 votes in 1956. Where will they cast them? What have the Republicans done to enforce the education decision of the Supreme Court? What they, ha- what they advertise as fair employment was exactly nothing, and Nixon was just the man to explain it. What has the administration done to rescue Negro workers, the most impoverished group in the nation, half of whom receive less than half the median wage of the nation? while the nation sends billions abroad to protect oil investments and help employ slave labor in the Union of South Africa and the Rhodesias. Very well. And will the party of Talmadge, Eastland, and Ellender do better than the Republicans if the Negroes return them to office? I have no advice for others in this election. Are you voting Democrat? Well and good. All I ask is, why? Are you voting for Eisenhower and his smooth team of bright ghostwriters? Again, why? Will your helpless vote either way, support, or restore democracy to America? Is the refusal to vote in this phony election a council of despair? No, it is dogged hope. It is the hope that if 25 million voters refrained from voting in 1956 because of their own accord, and not because of some sly wink from Khrushchev, this might make the American people ask how much longer this dumb farce can proceed without even a whimper of protest. Yet if we protest, off the nation goes to Russia and China. Fifty-five American ministers and philanthropists are asking the Soviet Union to face the manfully the doubts and prompting of their conscience. Cannot these do-gooders face their own consciences? Can they not see that American culture is rotting away? Our honesty, our human sympathy, our literature, save what we import from abroad— Our only review of literature has wisely dropped literature from its name. Our manners are gone, and the one thing we want is to be rich and to show off. Success is measured by income. University education is not for income, not for culture, and is partially supported by private industry. We are not training poets or musicians, but atomic engineers. Business is built on successful lying called advertising. We want money in vast amount, no matter how we get it. So we have it. And what then? Is the answer the election of 1956? We can make a sick man president and set him to a job which would strain a man in robust health. So he dies. And what do we get to lead us? With Stevenson and Nixon, with Eisenhower and Eastland. We remain in the same mess. I will be no party to it, and it will make little difference. You will take large part and bravely march to the polls, and that will also make no difference. Stop running Russia and giving China advice when we cannot rule ourselves decently. Stop yelling about a democracy we do not have. Democracy is dead in the United States. Yet there is still nothing to replace real democracy. Drop the chains then that bind our brains. Drive the money changers from the seats of the cabinet and the halls of Congress. Call back some faint spirit of Jefferson and Lincoln. And when again we can hold a fair election on real issues, let's vote. And not till then. Is this impossible? Then democracy in America is impossible.